Well, hello and good evening, and welcome to episode two of the Navigating the Intentional Life podcast. I am Justin Copeland, founder, creator, and this episode is one that kind of came about through a conversation with a friend just the other day, a good friend of mine, firefighter. And uh, we had the conversation actually uh, started about rollerblading and skateboarding. And from that, we sort of had this conversation about how much grit it takes to be successful and the way grit is created, where it comes from, and how one builds a higher tolerance uh, to pain and falling down and how that kind of correlates from these extreme sports, whether it's rollerblading, whether it's skateboarding, and that carries over from your childhood into your young adult life, into your adult life. So this podcast, I want to venture into that idea, into that concept of grit Before I do, the first thing that I really want to get off of my plate today is ask for any of you that listen, if you pray, if you don't, if you're religious, if you're not, whatever it is, thoughts, prayers, hearts, and minds, uh, I want those to go out to a dear friend of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, Jason B. Leave it at that. He just recently had surgery, and because of the surgery... Um, he was in the hospital for several days, unfortunately, was not able to attend his daughter's high school graduation. Fortunately enough, Jason is loved by just about anybody that meets him. Maybe not at first. Maybe at first you go, man, that guy, what is wrong? He's kind of a douche. But then you realize he is one of those people you just, you're, you're drawn to. But he's got a wonderful family. And he was not able to make his daughter's graduation. And so he reached out um, and didn't really have to. He had his his brothers. He's a part of the Dirty Bandana Motorcycle Club. So shout out to those guys. I love those brothers. Um, they stepped up and actually attended his daughter's high school graduation in his place because he was having a, an operation um, on his brain. And that's something that's scary. But He has come through. He is post-op. He is actually, I believe, on his way home today. So, Jason, brother, I love you. I love you and your family. And my prayers uh, to your continued recovery and uh, healthy lifestyle. That said, also want to, if you haven't looked already from the first podcast, Origins. That was episode one. By all means, go back and take a look at that because Origins is exactly that. How I got started here, what our goal and purpose is for this podcast, for this line, Navigating the Intentional Life. We are hoping that through our experiences, through our stories, that listeners will take a peek at their own life and share a same ideology and message to those around them to also influence them to take a look at their own lives and say, am I doing everything that I can? Am I leading from the front for my family, for my friends? And really, am I taking life by the balls? 
Am I excited when I wake up each day to do what I'm going to have to do in that day? And, and in that, am I happy myself? It's really what we're striving for. And so we're going to bring on, I'm excited for our next podcast episode three. It will be um, for our first guest speaker. I'm going to save that uh, and who that is going to be because I'm very excited to speak with this individual for you all that listen to get to know, if you don't already know him, um, more about who he is, what he represents, and where he's come from, because we all have our story. And that is also something that I hope that in listening, you're able to reach out, share your stories with me, share your stories with us, and and look at um, maybe ways that you can influence this podcast um, so that it, it betters the message that I'm trying to get out. And in turn, that kind of circular feeling and that connection uh, reaches more more people. That said, we are on, come to find out, I'm, I'm very proud of this. We are on several platforms now. So you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Pocket Cast, and the Anchor app. Uh, you can search for Navigating the Intentional Life and find us there. So I'm excited and proud of the fact that it's out. That's one of the exciting things about putting yourself out there, taking that first step is, one, you find out it's not as hard as it seems, depending upon what you're going to do. I mean, this is an obvious medium that is very easy to tap into, but the creativity the openness. I've got a lot of comments about how the first one was very raw and I'm very thankful for that feedback. You know, obviously, um, I was open and I can tell you that that I'm not a, I'm not an open person to just throw things out. I'm really not. It's not something that I feel comfortable with. If, If you were to look at my social media, I mean, it's, it's pretty mundane. You'd be, you'd be bored and click away from it pretty quickly, but this is this is my attempt to to give back to make a difference and if nothing else maybe for the short time that you listen it's somewhat entertaining so that is a little bit of the purpose behind what we're doing and i hope you enjoy what you hear today we start to talk about in this episode it's boards and grit episode 2 boards and grit and what do i mean by that you know, again, as I stated at the start, we had a conversation just recently, man, it really hit home because growing up, I was lucky. You know, I was one of those last generations that didn't have a cell phone. We didn't really have internet. And if we did, it was dial up, right? All those tones you had to wait for to find out if it was connected, like that last long beep, beep. If it didn't come up, you're like, I don't have a connection. So you had to wait. And then even if you got to whatever it was you were trying to trying to look at, whatever page you were trying to go to, it was grainy, it was pixelated, it took forever to load most of the time. And never mind watching videos. There was no YouTube. Hell, there's no there was no Facebook, MySpace. Sidebar, I thought MySpace was gonna stay around. I was a MySpace guy. Had my favorites, had the music that I loved up. And then Facebook came around. I thought, nah, that ain't happening. But it just shows I'm old school behind the times. That's why I don't gamble. That said, 
one of the last generations before all the technology boom hit, we would literally be kicked out of our house by our parents, especially on the weekends, but especially summertime. And it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. We'd get up early in the morning. And at that point, it was, hey, what are we going to do? What do we got in store for us today? Where are we going to go? What are we going to get into that's going to fill the time? And some of those days, as you know, like especially summer days, you sit back and you do something for a little bit in the morning and then that heat would hit. Like, I'm tired. Spend that time sitting in your driveway just sweating. Your parents won't let you back in. You don't want to go in because if you go back in, they've got chores for you to do. And God knows we didn't want to do that. You don't want to be that kid. You're hot, you're hungry, feet hurt, you're dirty. You don't want to go back inside. So you sit, you're just connected with the outdoors. I can't think of how many times I take a nap under our tree in our front yard that my dad planted. I remember it till this day. I was young. I'd be about four years old. But anything to not have to go inside and do chores. And so we'd play in creeks. We'd play in the local ponds. We'd run around the parks. You know, you, you, you identified early on what was poison ivy, what you wanted to stay on. Be like, oh man, you better watch that. Don't step there. Oh shit. You had to survive in a certain way, right? It was, it was the jungle to us out there. But we were lucky. We had these wonderful creeks and, and the pathfinder, this, this wooded areas that wound around our little town for miles. And it was our own space, uninhibited by adults. It was almost, it's almost like being Peter Pan. And so we would chase bullfrogs, bullfrogs the size of hubcaps, snakes. And when I say snakes, I don't just mean those little friendly garner snakes. I mean, yeah, there were plenty of those. But where we grew up at, in those creeks that we played in, between catching crawdads and minnows, there were also water moccasins. And I can think of many times, water moccasins probably as long as, as, as wide as a, as a PVC pipe. We'd chase them. We'd throw rocks at them. We'd get lucky that we didn't get bit by one. But we didn't care. We were dirty. We were muddy. And we were living. In those days, I can still even now remember sitting in those creek beds looking up through the trees, watching the clouds slowly drift by and thinking, man, this is it. This is the way life's always going to be. And so there's those time frames where there were things that you'd get into, whether it was, you know, for instance, being stupid enough to chase a poisonous snake, that there's a level of fear involved. There's an unknown. There's some known, which provides the fear. And there's some unknown that you don't even think about, maybe because you're young and you're dumb, and, but you're just excited and you're in the moment. But in that moment, with the fear, you have to make a choice. And that's where this concept comes from, with grit. So grit is defined as passion and perseverance for long-term and meaningful goals. It is the ability, they say, to persist in something. 
It's to persist in something that you have a passion and yearning for. And you persevere when you face obstacles. Obstacles. We had obstacles as kids trying to catch a bullfrog. They're slippery, they're big, they're quick, they can hop three, four, five feet at once. <laughs> to get back to that time, an obstacle is catching a bullfrog. This is where I wish this episode, I did have another speaker with me just for the, uh, the jokes that can be made about what I just said. So feel free when you, when you find the time, if you can leave a comment to make fun of me at any point in time that is preferred, but grit is perseverance in the face of obstacles that fear, fear can be the biggest obstacle. Doesn't necessarily have to be a literal physical. Anything that we found ourselves into in those early days The obstacle could be just getting to the place that we wanted to go, whether it was getting down to Sooner Park because we wanted to play in that creek better or because we wanted to get to um, the the jungle gym. I had to figure out how to get there, riding our bikes, walking. All that was simple kid stuff, right? But again, we were that last age where, yeah, sure, I had Nintendo and, and, and Super Mario Brothers, but I was never really into that. I was more into games like Double Dribble. Sports games, if you're not familiar with that. Double Dribble was a great basketball game. But I loved it. But I wasn't a gamer. Uh, I much more preferred. I, I felt far more meaningful when I was out. If we were competing, if we were doing anything, the obstacles I wanted to overcome was with my friends. Whether I could beat them in a game of basketball, whether I could jump over a certain portion of the creek bed or dive into the pond because they said I wouldn't do it. (laughs) Run through a busy trafficked Frank Phillips Boulevard at five in the afternoon. Why? Because isn't it cool to dodge cars? It's literally stuff that we did. But I digress. We got older. And as we got older, I started to get into, and we started to get into the X Games, extreme sports, right? That came out. Tony Hawk, you know, those guys just jumping massive sets of stairs or grinding the longest handrails you've ever seen in your life to, you know, front flips and back flips. And and I can't even think of all the names now, but the different grinds and the different tricks and the different techniques of things that they did, whether it was rollerblading or skateboarding, that was big for me and my friends between you know about 12 and honestly until we graduated high school i even rollerbladed still some in college in my freshman year but we got into that and <clears throat> this is kind of where the boards and grit comes into play because if you've done either of those things and i feel like anybody listening would probably like oh you fruit booter you're, you're a fruit booter into that. I would say, why don't you back up, Pickle Rider? That was the competition that we had between skateboarders and rollerbladers. And I was a rollerblader. An argument was, well, we can't bail off if we mess up on our tricks, bruh. <laughs> but they were like, well, you don't know how to get the board off the ground. It's so much harder and it's so much... And, you know, they might have been 
right? I don't know. I don't care about that competition at this point anymore, but I'm proudly a fruit booter and I'm good with it. I'm actually going to get a new pair of rollerblades here pretty soon. Aggressive. I'm not going to be one of those. Like I'm not going out just to roll. Like I actually, I want to go skate around a bit. Maybe find me a foot and a half tall curb. Grind on it a bit. Give me some wax and just get lost in the hours. And that was the beautiful thing about that part. Just going out, finding a place. There's Madison before it got torn down there in our hometown. Madison Middle School had a great set of stairs. It's about, I think, nine, nine steps. Man, I remember that was the first. Those were the first set of stairs, man. I was scared. I was scared because they looked huge and they were long. There were a long set of stairs. And you stand at the top of it and, you know, going back and looking at it now, if it's still there, over the years when I went back and looked at it, I was like, I can't believe I was scared to jump off of this. But at 12 years old, those stairs looked huge. And not only that, you don't, you just not, it's not just your feet. You've got, you're standing on wheels. They want to roll out from underneath you. But I remember standing on top of those stairs numerous times going, oh, I don't want to do it. And so many times I'd make that approach, right? You got to get enough speed so you can clear that last step because there's nothing worse. Now, there's plenty worse. But one of the worst scenarios was that your back wheel catches that bottom step because, man, then you're, you're going down. And we were tough kids, right? Like none of us wore helmets. If we wore knee pads, it was just so that we could uh, slide on them as we you know, built up enough speed and we wanted to slide you know, 15, 20, it seemed like forever on those knee pads. That's the only time we wore them. No wrist guards, none of that stuff. We were, we were tough kids, right? Stupid, but we were, we were tough, so we didn't wear that stuff. So, so many approaches to that first set of stairs before I could get myself to go off of them. What I didn't think about at the time so many of those things that we we were doing it was i would say it was abnormal we were an abnormal not quite right in the head all the time set of friend sets between myself my dear friend jake jeremiah tim my brother shane tim's brother john jason mike brian i mean i the list goes on Daniel and John, also younger brothers to my, my buddy Jake. I had this set of friends we'd go out. But what we didn't know at the time, and we didn't think about it, it didn't hit me until just the other day when I was talking to my friend Justin, is that you think about what we were having to do. We had an obstacle that we created, right? Where there's that set of stairs in Madison. It's an obstacle and we had to figure out how to persevere because it was something that we were passionate about. And to persevere, you have to be passionate. But to persevere, you also have to be persistent in your passion to overcome that obstacle. And that's what every approach where I stopped, oh, I know I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not ready, I'm not ready with my friends ridicule as they stood at the bottom of the stairs. Each approach 
was me trying to persist. It was me working up the gumption and the courage to take off. To know that the outcome could go a lot of different ways. Some good, some very badly. Thankfully, my parents had some pretty good insurance. But each approach was that opportunity to persist in something that I was passionate about doing. And not just me, but my friends. So I had a set of people that were passionate and they had grit. There was, an, a, there was a determination to persevere. Because it wasn't about intense emotions. It's not that we were infatuated. And maybe it was a little but. It was going, hey, I'm going to do this regardless of the outcome. Why? Because I want to. And it was more about that than than the friends ridiculing you for not. Or high-fiving you for doing so. But if you did, well, we'll come back to that. First time I jumped, I wasn't fully committed. My angle was wrong. My speed was wrong. And when I jumped, I knew it. I knew it right there. I was like, oh, shit. Not going to make it. Not going to make it. And I did not. It was a good two steps short. And when I jumped, I jumped more up than out. And so when I came down, I was leaning back and... I hit that second step and those wheels go out from underneath me. My head comes back. I hit the curb. My ass hits the ground. If you ever fall on your tailbone, especially on concrete, but if you ever fall on your tailbone, you know what I'm talking about. That is a pain that makes you want to throw up instantly. And, oh, I mean, I was on the ground, just, oh, 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 God, oh, God, you know, and dry heaving. Hurt so bad. I believe it was my buddy Tim came rolling over to me. I could hear his wheels on the concrete, rolling over little rocks. He comes up, slaps me on the back. He's like, didn't make it. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, buddy. I got it. And so what does he do? He goes up to the top of the stairs, walks himself up there, gets his speed, jumps, lands it, gets to the point where he's jumping off of it, rotating, you know, 360 degrees, rotating 180, landing backwards. Um, at one point he was talking about, you know, cause my buddy Tim, a little crazy, a little crazy, always was, but man, he had grit. He also had a lot of cojones and he was also extremely stupid. But uh, he landed it. And so what happened with me, I had to lay there for a bit with my hurt. I had to lay there for a bit with my embarrassment, failure, <laughs> hating those steps, not liking my friends either, not liking my rollerblades. Rollerblades weren't good enough, I thought. Wheels weren't soft enough because that was important. It hurt. I failed. I didn't want to do it again. But I could not live with the fact that my friends were starting to do it. And I wasn't. 
And there was that drive, that grit, again, I'm going to say it a lot today. There was a passion to persevere. Because what was the long-term benefit of jumping those stairs? Well, there was nothing. (laughs) But there was. And the biggest one was saying, I did it. I absolutely did it. (sighs) The day that I did it, about a week later, because, you know, we, we, we would go other places. There were some nice ledges, like at the mid-high, man. We'd wax those, those suckers up and get our front grinds. I can't even think of the names now. And for anybody that rollerblades, I don't want to say them and get the names wrong. But um, hey, it, was just, it, was, it was something that we did constantly. And, and, and like I said before, we could start out and we could go all day. All day. Literally. From the morning until it was dark at night. And that was the beauty of that time frame, right? For some of you listening that are that are a bit older and you know what I'm talking about. If you were old enough and you didn't have internet and you didn't have a cell phone, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that, hey, when those streetlights come on, your butt better be home. And that was it. That was it. God, I can't imagine doing that with my two boys now. I'm a, I'm a helicopter parent at times. Too often. My son's getting to an age where I literally just told him the other day, I got to let go a little bit. I got to give you the opportunity to experience and to explore the ways that I got to. But my parents, they were awesome. I don't know how they did it because, again, there was no way to contact us. There was no way to know where we were at. There was no way to know if something was going wrong. And I can promise you right now, there were times where things did go wrong. They did. For all of us at one point or another. <laughs> but we had to figure it out. right? It, 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 it all came back to this. What I'm talking about now today is we had to have grit we had to have tenacity we had to think and problem solve for ourselves because we were allowed such freedom and i'm extremely thankful for that because in those moments especially doing things like rollerblading and skateboarding like i fell on those stairs i mean i, I look i got up it hurt. My butt hurt. <laughs> you kind of just lived with that when you started doing those things. Scrapes, bruises, lacerations of some sort, right? You just lived with it. That was part of it, you know? You didn't, we, at worst, get a, get a Band-Aid, you know? Take a sock, wrap some tape around it. You're good to go. But we had to figure that out because we were allowed that opportunity. And so we took advantage Again, I, I, I will say that I think that for any of you listening, some of you might go, yeah, yeah, I did that too, or I have those similar experiences, but there's probably a good handful of you that were like, what the hell was wrong with you guys? Jumping off of roofs, climbing the schools just to get on the roof. Like I said, jumping off of the stairs, going as fast as we could. There are all these areas that we used to go. There was a cut through. 
in our neighborhoods from one road to the next. And in that road, there was about a set of six stairs that honestly, they weren't that, they weren't that scary because they were fairly flat, but to clear them, you had to get a lot of speed. And it was a narrow walkway with one side had a privacy fence to this person's backyard and the rest of the fences were chain link. And they didn't bend those bitches over back in the day like they do now that I see anyway, because you had to hit the angle on the jump just right because the the stairs curved just a little bit. First couple times you do it, I mean, it's it's almost like an optical illusion that you're going to go so fast, you're going to jump too high, and you're just going to smash yourself either into the privacy fence or worse, lose control and catch yourself on the chain link fence and just rip yourself open. And it, it happened a couple times. I cut my hand open pretty good because I about lost balance on a jump one time. But this, I promise you, this... This podcast is not all about rollerblading. <laughs> the idea, the mindset that these things brought for myself and my friends, I believe carried over into our adult lives because of those days where we were surviving on our own and we, we did things that did require perseverance, persistence, because we were passionate in our own ways. And that's the beauty of that part too. That's the next level is each one of us were passionate about it for different reasons. We had different drives for those long-term goals. Maybe some of us wanted to be in the, the, the X games. I don't know. I didn't. I was like, man, there's no way I'm getting one of those massive ass half, half pipes trying to do some of the things those guys are doing. Nope, 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 not for me. I broke my wrist numerous times rollerblading. Lots of different injuries. Sprained my ankle numerous times. Tailbone was constantly hurt. <laughs> Again, insert your own jokes there. But what I didn't realize is what it was building for me. What it was building for my friends because... You look at what I've already talked about, and you can probably go, Justin, already get kind of where you're going with this. I hope you do. I hope it's clear. But I hope it's something that makes you think. Because whether we were crazy, whether we did things out of the norm or not, whether we're lucky, which we are, we're lucky to still be here and, and all intact with all of our digits. I'm pretty sure all of us still have our digits, but... It built something in us that I can see in that group still to this day. Tim is still a little crazy. <laughs> but everything he's done now as a 38-year-old man has required that same level of grit, that passion, that perseverance he has had to overcome so many different things. He has grit. Success is not something you just do. It's learned. Again, success is not something that you just do. It is something that over many, many, many attempts at one thing, you fail. You have obstacles. 
but because of your grit that you build through working through the fear to get around those obstacles and because of your passion you inevitably end up on the other side of that obstacle and usually on the other side of that is your success my buddy jake he gave me the most flack for being scared to do something because i can tell you right now i am not I'm not a courageous human being by any stretch of the imagination. I was scared to do most of the things that I did. And most of the time, the things that we did were not my idea. When we got to uh, high school age, we, we'd slowed down on our rollerblading, but we had started watching shows like CKY and Jackass became a thing. And so my friends thought it'd be a good idea to emulate what they were doing we needed that thrill <laughs> again all of it comes back to being alive for us that that was our passion right that was the thing that made us tick constantly were we alive were we pushing it to that next level that next thing but i was always a chicken it was never my idea if you ever heard of dripping springs out of grand lake it's not a big cliff it's not. I've jumped off bigger. But man, the first time I ever had to jump off, there's like a four inch in diameter small spot on that cliff where it's just flat enough that you can stand on, you can have like a toe grip on it, and you jump off. And it's maybe 30 feet, 40 feet, somewhere in between there. But damn, the first time I stood up there and looked out over that little cove, looked down at the water. I mean, it's a good thing I'd already been wet because I was probably pissing myself and nobody could tell. I didn't want to jump, but there were girls there. And, of course, my buddy Tim, my brother, my younger brother was there, his younger brother. Tim had a stepsister that was very good looking, and, man, I wanted to impress her, but I'm standing up there, all 13 years old, looking down, and at 13, 30 to 40 feet, looks like you're jumping off the Empire State Building. And Tim was standing there, and... Tim style. He's like, just do it. Just jump. <sighs> I'm so thankful for those, for those guys. Just jump. Honestly, that was something that was ingrained into me. And I ingrained it in a sense into my own brother. Because he was kind of the same way. Maybe we were made softer. I don't know. But both of us always, always, it took it a little bit at first, right? But once we got it, once we did it, once we persevered, you couldn't stop us. Because once I jumped off that cliff once, I was like, I need higher. I need to jump further. I want bigger. I want better. I want scarier. I enjoyed the fear. I didn't necessarily always seek it out. That's what my friends were there for, thankfully. And again, we were lucky. We were a little crazy and we were lucky. But... When we got to that high school age, it went into some stupid stuff. And so grit and perseverance, it's not just doing the crazy, right? It's not just the cliffs or the jumping out of a moving vehicle into some bushes because you saw some jackass literally on jackass jumping out of a moving car. 
I have story after story after story of the dumb stuff that took place. One of my friends set himself on fire trying to light a fart. Yes, I said that. Yes, I'm 39 years old and I get to look back and say, a friend lit himself on fire because he watched Dumb and Dumber. He wanted to uh, reproduce that scene, replicate that scene that Jim Carrey does. Kind of that flashback montage with him and the girl of interest, right? That's the other part of it too. It's amazing what females being around will do to a man. How much grit a man will have when there's a girl watching. But it was a beautiful time frame to grow up because we did get to test ourselves in that manner. And so now when I look at these people, the ones that were there for these things that I'm talking about and so many other, I look at what they're doing now. Jake, as I circle back to that, Jake is an entrepreneur. Jake is a business owner. Tim is a business owner. Brian is a business owner. My buddy Mike, he works at one of the largest companies in Oklahoma, and he is a leader in a department of quite a few people. Maybe it's not his own business, but he is a leader. People follow him. Jeremiah, business owner. (laughs) Do you see the trend here? Do you see... The mindset that these, that these guys have, they said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to sit back and have somebody else tell me what I'm going to do. I'm not going to have somebody else dictate my time. Where do you think that mindset came from? It's not just something they did. It's not just something one day they said, you know what, That's, this is how it's going to be, fellas. No. It was learned. We built it. We all built it together. Now, are there so many other factors? Yeah, but I'm just understand. I'm focusing on one small thing. One small portion of what makes somebody someone. What makes somebody thrive and strive and have drive and all those I've words that rhyme. What gets them there? Grit is one of the many things that it takes. Right? Grit. And here I said, I'm not a business owner. But I still look at those guys and go, okay. In a way, you're still saying, just jump, Justin. Just just do it. Quit being scared. Now I can tell you right now, there were a lot of other names used. It was not as diplomatic as what I am saying today. It's a lot more R-rated. However, comma, it worked for me. It worked for us. It drove me. And here I sit and I, I go, this is, this is where I have to step in because this is exactly what I want to do. It's not easy putting yourself out there. It's God knows that we all know it's not. We all have these challenges, these obstacles that maybe we just can't figure out what we need to do to get around them. We can't see them. We can't feel them, but we can't touch them and we can't move them. And so maybe that's why... This podcast was put on me by another friend to talk about grit and correlate to something as silly as growing up and rollerblading, skateboarding, being outside constantly (laughs) so that you can go, what do I need to do? 
I don't maybe necessarily know what it is just yet, but I'm going to figure it out because I'm determined to persevere. I'm passionate about my ability to persist through whatever it is that's in front of me right now. Because I can tell you right now, starting your own business is not going to be easy. I can tell you right now that asking for that raise is not going to be easy. Becoming a parent is going to be one of the most challenging things that you face. But I go back to that mentality that I had when I was 11 years old. I think, yeah, maybe some of it I was young and dumb. You don't think about how scary some things can be at times, but maybe as an adult, that's part of the problem. We think too much. We talk ourselves out of things that could really, really on the other side of that hurt around the other corner of the unknown could be something that leads to fulfillment, a happiness, a relationship, a friendship, an opportunity that we didn't know was there. But because we took the jump, we take the leap, we're able to get there. And so many of us don't because the obstacle seems too big. It seems insurmountable and we we don't realize that we have the grit that we need. If you don't feel like maybe <clears throat> you I identify or relate to some of the things that I'm talking about, that's okay. I'm not saying to have grit that you had to be a maniac when you were younger or that you have to be a maniac now that you got to go skydiving tomorrow to build your grit. No, that's not what I'm saying. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. I say that again. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. Jim Carrey said that, of all people. And that's one of my favorite quotes because when I was 11, 12, 13 years old, looking at those steps or that handrail that I was going to try to guide, guide myself down, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't let the fear stop me and paralyze me from the action because on the other side of that set of stairs, the end of that cliff, was that self-promotion. I added another notch to my belt of self-belief. I did that. Cool. What's next? I'm ready. So it's a mental practice. Don't talk yourself out of whatever it is that you know. We each have our, we each have our things. Plural. Things. Multiple we have to figure out which one we're going to go for first. What is it that you really want to do first? Maybe it's you want to write that book. 
I can promise you, as I said on my last podcast, writing is not easy. It's a discipline. You have to take that first step, but then comes the grit, the persistence. I had a dear friend a year ago. He's still with me now. <clears throat> His name is Josh Lehmans. A year ago, he passed away. I talked to him the weekend before. And if my timeline's correct, the last time I spoke to him was on Father's Day. It was a text message. Two little boys, same age as mine. Exactly, almost. Um, we got to know each other when I, when I first moved back here to Cyprus. Josh was this dude <clears throat> that... You hear people say it about people so often, it's almost overplayed, almost oversaid, and it loses meaning, but Josh was bigger than life. Not because he was just so amazing as a human being. Not just because he was just incredible and some innate deity that just could move your spirit, but he was. (laughs) He was a dear friend. He had a laugh that you didn't forget. You felt it when he did. He had a smile that made you smile. Made you feel warm. He was a good husband. He was a godly man. He was a fantastic father and he was one of my dear friends. Several years back, he called me and told me he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and the prognosis for that is not great. wasn't great. I was driving. I'll never forget it. I had to pull over because it was kind of news you don't want to hear based on what he told me. And honestly, before Josh, I didn't know a lot about pancreatic cancer because I'm not a doctor. And I think most of us don't spend a lot of time thinking about those kinds of things unless we're faced with it like Josh was. And uh, he very calmly, for the most part, tells me, hey, I got this news today. And he then said, but Justin, I'm going to beat this. It's okay. I'm going to absolutely beat this. Two years, Josh did. He did. Josh lived in a way that we all strive to do, and unfortunately a lot of us don't do until we get news like that. But his determination was inspiring. He lived every day, and he, he put everything he had into getting better, into his wife, into his two boys, into his friends, and in, into beating it. He was there for me on one of my most difficult days in my life, and the day before, he had had chemo. But he was there. He was suited up. He was ready. That was unfortunately the last time I actually saw him face-to-face It's the last time I saw him alive. It's the last time I got to give him a little hug. 
but he he had grit. And even though the cancer stopped him, he persevered. <laughs> he 100% persevered. When I put this podcast out for everybody, I will put a link because I know Josh and his family have um, ways that you can actually uh, give back a little bit to the community. And I'll, I'll post that information because um, that's kind of a sidebar to all this. Because the biggest thing is, the point to this is, is that grit comes from all different means, from all different modes and all different ways for all different reasons. <laughs> for me and my friends, it started with skateboards. It started with muddy creeks. It started with bullfrogs. And from there, <clears throat> it shaped us into the people that we are today. I can tell you that if you ask me that any one of the people that you heard their name drop today, I can tell you what they're doing and it will coincide. It will not surprise you that they are leading from the front. They are the kind of people that you want in your corner. They are not afraid of the obstacle in front of them. They are not afraid to fall. In fact, they will fall over and over and over and over again because they know that maybe that next time is when they don't. Skateboards and rollerblades. Boards and grit. This is Navigating the Intentional Life. I am Justin Copeland. I hope that you find your grit. I hope that tomorrow when you face your day, you look for that opportunity to fall and you're not afraid of it. Because that's where we're going to find the most reward. Boars and grit. Again, navigating the attention of life. Love you all. Until next time.